This season of Good is sponsored by Good Treatments. Good Treatments is a highly curated shop of pre-made treatment designs for commercials, music videos, features, and branded content. We've all spent sleepless nights writing our treatments, only to have to start from scratch on the design. With Good Treatments, you have the look of a custom design without the cost or time. With drag and drop tools, you simply replace your images, copy and paste your text, and you're good to go. For our good listeners, we're giving away a coupon code for 20% off your next purchase. Simply use code GOOD20 at checkout. See all the treatment designs at goodtreatments.space. I didn't I didn't know that you wore like I know that you I've seen you with glasses, but is that do you wear contacts all the time? No. I don't have to wear glasses. I just I what feel like I, I begin to squint when I don't. Oh, okay. No, it's just like I get like headaches because I probably need to wear them more than I do. I think it honestly is like, I felt like when I worked in an office, I had like depth, you know, like I had my computer, but then I had like things to look at in uh, at a further distance. And I feel like yeah. now that my computer is kind of up against a wall, it's like my, I don't know. It just it yeah. isn't like great for probably anyone's eyes to just like look at a big bright screen at like a foot or less away for eight to 10 hours a day, <laughs> you know? Um, yep. so I've, I've seen my eyesight. I got glasses probably like three years ago, four years ago. And I, I wear them 20% of the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Learn something new every day, dude. Yeah. Literally every day. Because <laughs> I've been doing this every day. Um, what did you learn yesterday? Uh, I learned that if you get us on and and we're both in a very specific mood, certain things <laughs> come out. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, I was reading up on. Uh, I was this morning. I was on no film school. Nice. Um, have you gotten on no film school at all recently? Not recently. No. There's this article uh, titled "William Defoe Wants to Play a Joker Alongside." Oh, I've seen. I've seen this headline though. This is interesting, huh? It almost feels like uh, William is like sort of calling out, like making a little call out. You know what I mean? In what way? Like he wants to do this, even though this. Yeah. It may not be happening you know like they're probably not writing this or anything but he's kind of like putting out there (laughs) yeah i mean i yeah that would be the frustrating thing of being an actor is like you're just kind of like at the mercy of people who are sending you things you know what i mean like um yeah that would be he said uh, pretty old there's a quote here do you want to hear it sure uh, I guess he was talking to GQ or something. He said, there's something really interesting about like if there was a Joker imposter, so it would be possible to have not dueling Jokers, but someone that claims to be the Joker that isn't the Joker. And that kind of opens up possibilities of interesting stories. Did you hear that Tom Holland like pitched a whole 007? No. Thing? I forget what it was, but it was it ended up not... They ended up not being interested, I guess, but um, I can't remember if it was like some kind of origin story or something, but yeah, some kind of, some kind of uh, 
James Bond thing. I don't know if it was one film or a series of films or what, but yeah. That he would play James Bond in? I don't know if that was part of the conversation. I just know that he pitched something and I don't think the James Bond like estate was like excited about it or whatever. Which is Interesting. interesting just to think about like you have as much clout as someone like Tom Holland right now and Still tough to get stuff made. Yeah, dude, I saw the funniest. I, don't, I guess it was like a prank, but this um, he was doing. Tom Holland was doing an interview for Spider Man in the UK. <laughs> and the guy just comes on, and he says, um, "Why? Why are you pretending to do a British accent? I don't understand." He's like, "But to- he's not like." Tom's not in on the joke and he's like very confused. He's <laughs> the guy's like in the trailer um you sound American but right now you sound British but why are you why are you doing a British accent? <laughs> he's like, "Well, I I am British. Like I am British. Like I'm from the UK." He's like, "How does that make uh, that doesn't make any sense?" <laughs> like it's just whole, like three minute conversation. Uh, it's funny. It was funny. You got to see it. Okay, we had a little like mini discussion via text last night that I thought might be something for us to discuss. Okay, today. Um, let's go back to. Uh, I feel like we always used to kind of talk about this. Um, I mean, we've you know haven't had a lot of guests on this season kind of by design, but um, something we would always kind of say is take us back to like, you know, the younger version of you and like, what were you doing? And when did you kind of realize that you wanted to be a filmmaker, blah, blah, blah. So slightly different take on it today, but maybe if you were to talk to younger Christian Mm. about, um, with things that you know now, um, relationships that you have, you know, us having friends who have also come up in different ways. Like what would you kind of tell younger Christian about like things to do, things not to do um, when it comes to maybe it's networking, maybe it's getting to know people. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of establishing relationships, uh, whether that's with peers or, um, you know, the powers that be production companies, EPs, creative director, you know, whatever. Um, producers, I don't know. So just kind of zooming out and going back in time, I just kind of want to have a conversation about like starting out and um, uh, perspective that we have now. Even like, yeah, again, people that like reach out to us and things that maybe like, to be quite honest, like work or don't work, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. as far as kind of like getting the attention of someone who's been doing it for a long time. And, you know, some people want to like glean some kind of insight from your experience or wisdom or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Just kind of take us back in time and, and I'll do the same. And we can just kind of yeah. talk about. It's a good question about that. I think, uh, man, the first thing that came to my head was like, don't be so afraid so the question is, what would I tell myself? I don't know if I have a question. It's just more like, uh, yeah. What what would you tell yourself? What do you wish you'd known then that you know now? 
what would you, I don't know. I, I, cause I feel like, okay, even what you just said, I'm trying to make this ultra practical for like younger filmmakers. Um, you wish that you were less scared, right? Yeah. I think that's a big thing. And I, and I think like there's, that's a double edged sword a little bit of like, <clears throat> there is like a brashness that's like not appealing. Right. You know, um, and I also think there's like a boldness that like is, and that the line, like what delineate, like what, what, what separates those two things is like, do you know what I'm saying? I think it's ego for sure. I think ego, that's yeah. what I would like, I look back and I think some of my scared, scared feelings about what I was doing or if I was good enough to like, you know, work with so-and-so or like, I mean, dude, you spend so long not even knowing about anybody, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like there's, you, you have movies that you watch obviously and there's movies, yeah. that, but like they seem so far away. Yeah. They exist like on like a screen, like in another universe. Yeah. yeah they exist in another universe and there's no, uh, there's no way to know that you could develop a team or develop like a group of friends that could do something similar to that. Yeah. It's just, and I wonder, obviously I'm not growing up in this time. Like YouTube wasn't around. Like, like even the cameras that we use now are not not close. Yeah. So I wonder, it's hard for me to put myself in a position of like understanding what, filmmakers coming up are, are feeling right now, whether you're like 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, it's got to f- feel way different than what I felt. You yeah. Know? But the similarities I feel like, and again, I'm, I'm not that age either, but I'm like, there are things that are never going to change. Right. Which is like, there are barriers to entry, you know, and most yeah. of those are people. Um, <laughs> I think it's people and I dude, I think it's people and I think it's taste too. Like, man, yeah. I wish, I wish I had, you know, well, we always talk about like Ira Glass, like what he said about like the gap. Yeah. You, you know, well, you know let's, let's, let's refresh. Yeah. Um, there's this great film that I, somebody made with a, I guess an interview with Ira Glass where he was talking about the gap, which is, um, sort of the creative gap between like your taste and the things that you like and the gap between that and you doing that yourself. Like your ability to make that. Your ability to make that. Yeah. Um, and he says like very clearly, and I agree with him, is like you just have to make a ton of work. Like you have to make so much work that's going to suck and it's going to suck for a long time. Um, I yeah. did. Th- I think that was my... I guess what I'm saying, like I was scared. I think I was scared to like make something bad for so long where like, I just didn't get out there enough. Yeah. You know, I wish I had spent, I mean, I'm looking back, super glad that I didn't go to college that I didn't go to try and go to film school or anything like that. Nothing against film school. I look at, I'm I'm sitting here now at, at 30 years old and I'm like super jealous of people who went to film school. You know, yeah, like imagining sort of um, the connections that I would have come out out of that that process with. 
you know, like yourself and, and the people that you got to meet. And I think there's just a leg up for sure. But I was also like super aware of how like limited my time was for some reason, or I felt like my time was limited, you know, where like, dude, I couldn't do, I didn't have grades for shit. I don't know about your high school career or anything, but I was like the worst student ever. I, I was like barely passing everything but English. I was in like AP English and that was it. Or like uh, advanced English or whatever you call it. Yeah. Your state. Um, so yeah, I, I did myself a disservice a little bit of, of just saying like, I have to do this myself. I have to kind of like prove myself um, in a different way. Like I just have to get started. I'm not going to yeah. try and go to school. I'm not going to try to go to college. Okay. So there was a, whatever. We'll, we'll kind of like, there was a desire I don't want to get too hung up on like when you figured out that this is something you wanted to pursue, but there was some kind of desire to like oh, yeah. pursue film. Maybe talk about that for a second. Like where did that I come from? Was, yeah. I think it was mixed up with a desire to like, just be sort of a self-sustaining artist for sure. Because okay. again, like, do you think it started more broad? When did I it start? It started, to, with, it started with music for sure. Playing music. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was I was playing in bands my entire life since I was like twelve years old. It's interesting. I would say the same thing for me. The difference would be just loving music. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was like completely shaped who I was very early on. I know we've talked about this at length, but um, yeah, the whole like older brother effect, where it was like, yeah, I was listening to stuff. Um, that I would never have found on my own, but just, I was obsessed with music, um, very early on. Um, and it really like shaped a lot of who I was. So that's interesting. Just same, but different, I guess from you, but keep going. Yeah. yeah I think that, I mean, it also just gave me, the, also there was like zero money in, in, uh, in music. Like you, you could make, I mean, I, I remember at like when I was playing in a bunch of bands, I was playing in like three or four bands at one time. I was living in a house. What age? What age was this? 17. Yeah. 18. Yeah. Like barely graduated, like barely went to school my last year. Like, yeah. I don't, I literally don't know how I graduated. Like they kind of let me graduate in a weird. <laughs> I, I, I actually really understand that. <laughs> That's like, actually pretty similar took, to my experience, honestly. I, I don't even think I took like, uh, Algebra. I don't think I ever took an algebra class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I graduated fucking high school, bro. That might, but that's I don't know. I was also like a, I was really, I was hard. Like, I, I don't know. They could tell I was hard working, but I just, you know, this is, I think we've talked about this before, but like I, I had like a severe learning disability when I was younger. I don't know exactly what it was exactly, but, whether it was dyslexia or something, but I couldn't read until I was nine years old. Yeah. Which like. That is, that's, was, that's, that's wild, man. Yeah. And I was homeschooled and, and that whole thing too. Like it was sort of, it was, it went unnoticed for two, like for like five years too long. Um, and uh, you know, nothing, nothing 
against, you know, my parents or anything. I think it was just, also, I was probably pretty good at hiding that I couldn't read. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, obviously. So like that had a huge effect on my psyche, like growing up entirely. Like how you viewed you know? yourself. Of course. Yeah. And like, does it still? I, um, less now because obviously I can read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, how did you assign yourself like a certain kind of like, uh, um, I, I belong like in this category or like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't really, I also did. I remember uh, one time I was in Paris with John Mark and, um, a bunch of other people shooting some, a documentary that, that we were doing with John Mark at the Paris, like climate change event. Yeah. Um, did you ever see that? I never saw it, but I knew that you did that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, dude, I was sitting there with John Mark <laughs> at this like Paris cafe or something. And him and three other guys were talking and I was probably 25, 26 years old at the yeah. time. And I was like, I can't be in this conversation. Right. Like whatever they were speaking, like how they were speaking, <laughs> what they were speaking about. I was like talking about like they were all, all of them were like fucking quoting philosophers and like quoting like, yeah, like times in history and like all this shit like that they just knew by heart. And I was like, I can't be in this conversation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's been a while since I've, I've been in something like that, but like, I definitely f have a complex of like not being able to like compete with a certain crowd of people. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, okay. So that kind of carried on through, um, just to kind of like speed ahead a little bit. Sure. You decide that you want to pursue film on some level. Yeah, I mean, I was obsessed with film from super early on, like 12 years old. But you don't go to watching. school. You don't go to college. No. So then what was kind of like the first like step into the, the door? I think it was uh, making like promos for the bands that I was in. Okay. Like youtube had just started coming out like kickstarter was a thing like we were raising money for albums right. and stuff like that and uh and it was kind of like a like a secret weapon that i i, I knew how to right. edit like i was i was on final cut like at 12 years old like <laughs> like no lie i was like making i was going to dude see that <laughs> is the difference between our even though we're only like three or four years apart there's a lot that happened in that three or four year gap that makes yours and and my like come up like you mean not going to not going to college no or? just technology yeah the availability sure. of technology you you're saying you didn't have I did not have that but you're not but you're that. older than me I don't understand how you didn't have that because technology like what do you, what do you mean so like I get what you're saying so by the time you were 17 or 18 you were about to go to college that's and when, that that's when like, yeah, that's when like out. Final Cut was kind of available. Like I was using like Windows Movie Maker 
or my but still you were the, sitting there with a VHS player. I did like that editing early. Shit. Yeah, like I would say, like through probably the first half of high school, I was still going like deck to deck, like VHS, yeah. like live editing. <laughs> It sounds so old, but it's true. It's crazy, it's man. I, I legit had my, uh, <laughs> I, well, even in Windows Movie Maker, it was only one track of audio. Yeah. Isn't that insane? <laughs> but I would yeah. legit have my, my like disc man plugged into uh, the back of my VCR and I would do like yep. live music cues from like my CD player. Yep. To like then like live record onto my VHS. Or, yeah, VHS. Dude, we were crafty back then too, man. Yeah. Just like, but dude, I would go to like really, really early on, I would go to like a summer camp, like a church summer camp or something. Yeah. And be like secretly filming the whole time with like my mom's VHS. And I'd come back and I'd edit this like fucking Opus. 20 minute like camp video for like just my friends and they and I'd bring everybody over and they'd all sit down and they'd watch it and they would be like what the fuck like how did you <gasps> this do is a this masterpiece. is ins- this not anything like just the idea that you could capture something and then put music under it and like make an yeah. edit of something that actually yeah. like it wasn't a story or anything, but it was like, oh, I remember that. It's like really. It's just like, I videos. think that began the addiction for me of like making people feel a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I know I've told this story, but I remember in high school doing a um, cross country video where I went to like a race and I had like a shitty camera. I think of my friend's dad's. Um, and I, filmed people running in like a certain way. And then yeah. I took it into, a, um, I almost said Adobe, uh, windows movie maker <laughs> and I slowed it way down yeah. and it was just like, you know, <laughs> do, 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 do. and then I put, um, which is, this is just hilarious, but I put like some old, like, like old, old iron and wine, the song to it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, had no business being over like a cross country thing. And they played it at like the, um, the athletic, like dinner or whatever, like athletic so department funny. dinner. And I think everyone was just kind of like, what are we watching? right now? <laughs> what is it? And at the time I'm like, Oh God, this is fucking great. You know? Like, this is... <laughs> and I will say, dude, this is like a little, like, full circle moment. Um, this is like a sad one, but I can at least talk about it cause it almost happened. But I, I dude, a couple years ago, I was like on the phone with Sam beam from iron wine, just like going back and forth on this music video idea no ended it's up funny. not happening, but like, you know, just even like little things like that, you yeah. know, just like talking with Sam and it being like very cool and casual and like legitimately like that guy was a huge part of, me growing up and, and like some of the music that inspired me the most into, you know, just like a small full circle moment of like, um, yeah, like that was like what I was, I was using his stuff early on to like, be like, I can make people feel emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the emotion is like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Yeah. That's a far, I mean, just those couple of years. Definitely. I mean, dude, I remember I was, I was like cutting kids, uh, you know, 
jumping off of a blob or something like that to like PODs, boom. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just boom, here comes the boom. <laughs> <laughs> dude, nothing wrong with POD. I, I, told, I definitely made some yeah. good POD. Uh, but then, dude, eventually I, w- I would start getting like, yeah, it was like a weird. I, I also was a huge mu- music fan as well. So you'd have, you just had more taste to like sort of like nuanced music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing is like playing music. I was into all these like, really great bands maybe not iron and wine but yeah and you could and this was obviously like you know before like music licensing you didn't even understand that you couldn't just use (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't use uh aerosmith's uh fucking dude did i tell Um, you about um when i asked this girl out in middle school have I told you this story? No. <laughs> okay. I, I, this is like during my heavy, like, so I had like the shit my brother was showing me, you know, which was like way too cool for me. And so I was in like seventh grade and I was very like VH1 heavy. So I was like super into Red Hot Chili Peppers, super into like Lenny Kravitz. And I went yeah. also through this very heavy Aerosmith phase. And I'm yeah. pretty sure this was because of Disney <laughs> World. Because I also, at the same time, was in a, a super heavy Twilight Zone phase. And I think oh, it's yeah. both because of the like Tower of Terror and that rock and roller coaster at Disney World. <laughs> both like set me into uh, like these obsessions. Um, so I was like really into Aerosmith. And that song came out from Armageddon. And I was just like... Oh my god! Oh my god! What am I? What are these emotions? <laughs> that between that and like the cuckoo dolls or something. And yeah. anyway, uh, I had written a note. I'd written a note. So Carly Hackett was this girl that I really was like, like really liked a lot. And so after school, I kind of tracked her down. I was like, hey, um, again, probably the same disc man that I was like plugging into the back of my VCR. Uh, I had my disc man. And I had burned just this song on a, on a CDR, you know, um, and it was ready to go. And so I had headphones and I was like, can you listen to the song? And then after I want to ask you a question. (laughs) And this is like, as you know, this is like me, man, this is like full, like romantic drama. And so I, I put, put the headphones on over her ears and I press play. She listens to the song. And then I had this note and I just kind of like hand it to her once she takes her headphones off Yeah. and she opens it up and it's like, do you want to go out? Do you want to, do you want to go out with me or whatever it said? And then she was like, yeah. And then we went out for like three days and then she broke up with me. <laughs> I think that actually leads into my other like, like traumatizing story of middle school, which was, um, I'm sure I've told this on here before, but when, these two girls were passing notes in, I think this is in eighth grade, maybe seventh or eighth grade in English class, Mrs. Moore's English class. And she was like, she was a lot. And, um, she catches them passing notes and is like, Sarah, this is one of Carly's friends, Sarah, stand up. And she's like, I want you to read this note out loud to the class. Classic. And I'm sitting there just like twiddling my thumbs, like whatever, just, you know, 
listening to whatever she's teaching, not really like thinking of anything. And then the, all at once, this note starts to like very quickly veer into like my life. <laughs> <laughs> what did you, and it's what basically did like, I don't think I want to be Jared's girlfriend anymore. I don't know how to tell him, but I, I, I just don't, Aww. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, you know, not paying attention to all of a sudden. I'm like, what? What? What is that? And then it kind of all hits me because everyone's staring at me. And dude, I legit, no lie, get up and just run out of the room crying. <laughs> <laughs> it, like all comes crashing like all at once. And I'm like, I think I kind of like understand what's happening. Everyone's attention is like heavy on me. And I'm like, oh shit, that this note, this note's about me. This is embarrassing. I can't take it. And then what I just start jerk, crying. And I, I run Jeez. out. I run out. Dude, anyway. that's so traumatizing. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So let's. I'll give, I'll let's give you. Re- okay, no, no. Go let ahead. Me give you one, let me okay. give you one of mine, just because you 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 were vulnerable, and I'll I'll be vulnerable. vulnerable <laughs> okay. Back. Uh, I was same situation. A little bit older, maybe sixteen, seventeen. I think it was like sophomore, junior year, and I was like so in love with this girl Ashley Winters good name who was like I don't know she was in a bunch of my classes but we like hung out with like a group of friends all the time and uh, it was like a New Year's it was like I like asked her I was like hey do you want to hang out for New Year's yeah (laughs) (laughs) and this particular New Year's just so happened to be a, uh, a blue moon beautiful and I had no idea what that meant, but I was like, oh, this would be sick. Like I should, I should get my friend to like buy me some blue moons, which is like a <laughs> alcoholic beverage. I like, I like a blue moon. Uh, and like, dude, we're underage. So like me getting beer for this girl. Super like sick. Very cool. Super like so hot, you know? I mean, what, what else can Ashley Winter say other than yes? <laughs> And it wasn't like, it wasn't, I mean, we would like, we would like, we would smoke weed and like drink and stuff like normally. It wasn't like we were, uh, wasn't like she was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, this is dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got these blue moons and I like went to her house and we had like the nicest time. Like it was just me and her Yeah. and we were like there at New Year's and I don't think I like thought I wasn't, I wasn't like. I'm not going to try and fucking kiss her or anything. Like, I'm not going to try and do that. But like at midnight or something, like I'll ask her out. Yeah. Like that would be nice. The stroke of midnight. Stroke of midnight. (laughs) Start a relationship. (laughs) Going into January one. Yeah. Um, And it was so nice. And we were drinking and midnight comes and uh, I'm so nervous. I'm like, my pits are sweating so much. Um, and I just ask her, and she's like, um, I don't, I don't really think I want to be dating anybody right now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, cool. And then the same thing three days later, she's dating somebody in our friend group. Oh. Like one of my friends. Dude, and that's I was brutal. Broken hearted, bro. Of course you were. 
Can I just say something? Yeah. And I'm sorry. But fuck Sarah Winters, dude. <laughs> Ashley Winters. Fuck Ashley Winters, dude. <laughs> no, dude, I'm sure she's a nice woman now. I'm not. No. <laughs> no. No coming back from that. Yeah, man. I was a sweet dude. We would have had a great relationship that wouldn't that eventually wouldn't have worked out or whatever. But it would have been it would have been great. And just yeah. think about that memory of like, oh, the first time you asked me out, it was so sweet. Yeah. But yeah. no. Well, she missed she out, obviously. Okay, let's reset here. Because I feel like we've drifted into um, nostalgia. I want to go back to... Um, I want to make this as practical as possible for like younger filmmaker gals and guys who are listening. Yeah. So I just kind of want to walk through the steps of like maybe some larger pillars of like your experience and my experience when we were younger um, and the pros and cons of those things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think that's helpful? Is that the most helpful way to go about it? I think so. I mean, I can obviously we can only talk from experience. Yeah. Like things that I wish I'd done more is maybe like something that I keep thinking about right now. Like looking back at that time, so much time was wasted. What were the things that maybe felt like, or I can speak for myself and maybe we can kind of go back and forth like this. Yep. Um, I definitely had times years. In fact, where I felt like I'm wasting my time, like doing a ton of stuff, just the volume of work that I was doing for years where I was like, none of this is adding up to anything. I'm wasting my time. Yeah. And I look back at that and I feel like the more people that I talk to, even as recently as like, um, Josh Rubin on, you know, last week where I'm like, I think that there is something kind of magical about um, just working your ass off, like fingers to the bone yeah. when you're young for when years you yeah. and just making like having so many reps, Yeah, whether it's writing, directing, producing, shooting, editing, whatever it is, um, there is something kind of magical to that. I mean, you know, it's not like this is any, this is like news. It's a whole like kind of 10,000 hour thing, you know? Um, But I look back at that very thankful that I had those times of just making stuff that wasn't good. Some things that were, but a lot of things that were like, it wasn't about like the product. Right. I honestly have, guys that are younger that reach out that are like freelance like I am now. And you know, dude, I, I would consider the past six to eight months of, of my life really busy. And I've made like three or four things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I look back like at three, four things a week, like a, a week. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, if you can find a situation that's even slightly healthy, that gives you like the ability to, make and make and make like when you're younger dude I think on a practical note when I was maybe okay 16 17 just started messing around with like cameras and stuff yeah I would be at 
my friend's house, who was a freelance guy who was 30, 30 something years old. He was yeah. basically my mentor. I would just sit there and I'd watch him edit wedding videos or events or whatever. I would just watch him and I would ask him questions. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing yeah. that? And then later on the week, I would go with him to do some bullshit. I would work for free yeah. to like, he would give me a 5D and I would like figure out, you know, what do you want me to do? And I would just start shooting. I'd shoot a, a ton of stuff. And then later on that week, I would go and do like some non nonprofit thing. Like for somebody that I knew that just wanted to like say an interview thing and then have some B-roll over it. Yeah. I would do that all the fucking time. Like week after week after week, I would like fill up my, my week with just like doing a ton of stuff. We're like, I think at the time I wish that I had the foresight to have a better like intention for that those sure. moments. Yeah. Because I think what I was thinking, because this is just who my mentor was, I was like, Oh, there's like a path to do this for a living. Right. Which instead would be, of like instead of what? Instead of like um trying to make movies, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like and it's hard, dude, because I can't expect my younger self to no. like have that foresight. But I wish, but I think some people just, I think some people have the ability to do that right now to where if like my goal back then was to be a director, like making movies. Yeah. But everything that I was doing was more career driven. That's or, a great point. That's a great point. Just thinking about, and this is where I think film school helped me in some ways. But like thinking about like a 16 year old kid and she's like, or he's like, I can go work and make a commercial for my uncle's carpet business Yeah, right now, but I want to be making movies. How the fuck do I connect those two things? I, I think it's a lot looking back. I'm like, I could have been doing it the entire time. Okay. Like, for example, I didn't pay, I wasn't paying my, I wasn't paying for rent. I wasn't right. paying for my cell phone. Yeah. I, my parents were giving me some gas money. I had like the, the couple hundred bucks that I was getting from these random jobs. If I had just like not spent that money and I had said, okay, I'm going to try, what do I want to try? Like, I would go emulate so many things all the time. Like I would emulate a movie thing that I wanted to do or like some yeah. test or like, like write a scene or like something like that, you know? And I would, do spend you think that that I, I I'm trying to like figure out if I agree or disagree. Cause I do think that there is like just something to like kind of floundering in the shallow for sure. end for a while doing shit that has nothing. Even when I think about talking to like Natalie Kingston or something where I'm like the fact that she went and worked like a news station. Yeah. For yeah. years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not saying that there aren't people who can like jump in and like make kind of narrative work quickly. And I mean, I like got the same time, dude, I was making narrative work in like eighth grade. It was all fucking awful. Right. And I, I hesitate to even call be. it anything like within the realm of filmmaking at all. It was like, no, you, you not. at least did it and you got it out of the way. And then you did another thing. You got that out of the way. Yeah. I do thing. think that there, 
you know, I can't say that there aren't people who are unbelievably gifted that can just kind of like roll straight into making important work very quickly. I'm sure that that person exists, but I feel like in my experience and kind of the exposure that I've had to people like you or other friends, it's like, it seems like you are just swimming in nothingness, trying to continue to just keep making things like finding opportunities to just keep making things. Yeah. Regardless of scale or scope, just like, how do I continue to like do this? How, how basically how can I not give up on this? You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like everyone kind of has to go through that, whether it's like you have another job and you're able to do it on the side and like that job is enabling you to do it or you're trying to do this professionally and you're doing like shitty spots or commercials or whatever. I just feel like that feels like kind of the gauntlet that you kind of have to get through, you know, for sure. Don't you think? Yeah, dude. I mean, we all like the, the cool thing is, is like Vimeo has been around long enough to where like, if you hadn't gone it through and like deleted a bunch of stuff, like if you logged into my account right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would yeah, see same. 15 years of work in my, on my Vimeo. Right. And 99% of it is private. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you do this all like where you just go through like, what's a page one look like on my Vimeo and it's absolute dog shit. Yeah. But yeah. like in some ways, like not as dog shit as what I was making at, at 12 years old, obviously. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it had some, like it had a beginning, a middle and an end or whatever. Um, but it's terrible. <laughs> so but I guess I think, just like, as like a, a way to like encourage people who are like at the beginning of their journey, whatever age, I don't even want to assign an age to it because I think that can vary greatly. Like even someone like Ryan Booth, dude, he got started so late. Yeah. You know, but dude, I think there's the cool thing with film is film is like a culmination of so many different art art forms. Yeah, that like genuine. Like I was listening to Robert Eggers talk about. I mean, he was a fucking production designer for yeah. most of his career. Yeah, until like the last four or five years. Yeah. Four or five years. You know. And I think you got to be able to look at like, okay, what what have I been doing, whether it's through high school or into college or whatever, and like use that to your advantage, you yeah. know, like yeah. whether it was like Ryan was playing was engineering music for for so long, yeah. you know, is it so crazy for us to look at his work now and 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 see that it's music related in some way? No, it's like it's right it there sense. because yeah. he's it makes sense. And he's still growing to like get to to other places, obviously. Like he's not trying to just stay in some music path, but like a lot of what he's been doing the last ten years or less than that has been like, okay, like I have these built in sort of talent things that I've been working on. Yeah. That I, I wasn't thinking about film when I was doing them, but intangibly I've been learning about some some art form whether it's music or it's production design or it's writing or whatever, like you got to be able to like not look at that as like a discount. Like, Oh, I haven't been working on right. directing for so right. long. I haven't been working on film. 
Okay, like so let's have. let's. I, I kind of want to move to the next portion here, which is like, I guess, kind of like part A is like, do whatever you can to get as much experience as you can, and it's going to maybe be frustrating, and you may not be able to see like where it's going to lead necessarily. But the 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 message being like creating a lot and finding a way to sustain that. Fair. Let me do, let me just say this on like this may be a little pretentious, but I don't think it is, dude. I think it actually to me is like the most important part. And I would say you also just have to like live. Yeah. Like not not make a living or whatever, but like so much of any art form is experience of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I totally agree. Like you breaking up with some girl in, in seventh grade or like you getting some car wreck with your family when you're like driving home from Christmas day or something, you know, yeah. like yeah. all, all of those experiences, like I wouldn't, I would say that that is ultimately the most important part because all of that, like, what are you going to write when you go to write something? Right. Like, what do you, what, if you get asked to direct something, like, you have to be able to pull in life experience from yeah. your, from your own personal, you know, library. I know. I, I, this is kind of what we touched on yesterday, but just talking about, like, kind of specific stories of people, you know, like, for me, I went to film school, um, left having made like a what I would say is like a really good like kind of thesis film and everyone's like what's next and then I'm like I'm gonna go work at a church and then I graduate get married start a job at this church which everybody was kind of like what are you what are you gonna do at a church <laughs> um, all my professors are like confused you know like okay um and then for people I get who married, don't like, know, though, like, what's that? For people who don't know, why did you take that job in the church? Dude, it was 2009. Uh, I was getting married the week after I graduated. Um, let's <laughs> let's think about 2009. That's what I'm saying. Is like it was like, you know, inches away from like another economic depression. Yeah. Um, and I had forged this relationship with some of the people there. They'd given me a lot of freedom to go like make stuff and it felt like the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and again, I wasn't thinking about it super strategically as far as like my career, but looking back, it did check a ton of the boxes that we've discussed, which is like opportunity. There, I mean, dude, someone is, cause I had the exact same experience, like getting married super young and then like, dude, I got a job at a church in Texas and got married right before I took the job. Yeah. Like almost because like that, w like it gave me the ability to just like grow up a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like just the thought that someone's going to pay you a salary to go make to stuff. just make stuff. Yeah. 
which is like what you've been trying to do. Yeah, exactly. exactly your entire exactly, adolescence. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm I'm saying all this is basically to be like, life happens. You know, we got married, and then we got we got pregnant three months after we got married. That's crazy. Bro. Um, I was 23 when we had our first kid. <laughs> um, now I'm 34 and we have an 11 year old an almost 10 year old and an almost seven year old, which is wild. So yeah. I'm just saying that to say like, I wanted these things so badly. I wanted to like write like the film. I wanted to like go make my feature by the time I was 24, like Orson Welles, 26, whatever it was, of course, you know, or like go make my hard eight by the time I was whatever age PTA was or whatever, you know, I, I had these like dreams of, like, this is what is supposed to happen, but I like, wasn't ready, man, you know? Yeah. And I think any like kind of success that I'd had then, I just wouldn't have been ready for. Um, and I think I just like, exactly like you said, I just like had to kind of hang a lot of those things up that like I wanted immediately, but they weren't coming. And I think that, in the long run, I think, like you said, having to kind of like live like a life and take care of a family and like navigate a marriage and a relationship like that and everything that comes with that, uh, as I'm making a lot of stuff and processing it, processing my life, like through the things that I'm making, whether I know it or not and learning how to do that. It just is like, I don't know any other way to put it other than to say like, you just have to like want it. Otherwise, yeah. uh, there's a billion reasons to stop. Of course. Yeah. Cause it is super, uh, I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I think, I mean, dude, I think that's the reason why, it's hard. It's hard because you look on, on, especially with streaming now. There's like so many things to watch, and I just think about every person's like story that made those those films. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're just infinitely scrolling through Netflix, and you're like, "This is like someone's fucking whole life," you know? Yeah. Like, getting to this point or whatever, for me to just scroll past it and not give a shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you just kind of have to like wade through what seems like directionless bullshit. Do you agree with that? I mean, I don't think there's another way around. Maybe it. there is, maybe there is, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think dude, in, in all seriousness though, like if you have the ability to have some foresight, when I look back on my, on my young, young life, like 14 years old, when I first started watching like independent cinema, I think uh -huh. if, at that moment, if I had gone, if I had first in some way or somehow saw like the path. Yeah. Then I would have spent every waking moment just making shitty films. Yeah. And that's dude, that's a way to do it. I'm sure I'm not familiar with that. I'm just saying if that's what you want to do, like it, it, there's going to be freaking challenges along the way for sure. But like, if you have, if you take the ability, dude, I just feel like 
I wanted to get out of my parents' house so bad. I wanted to get out of like Louisiana so bad. Yeah. And I would have done anything. Yeah. What like, kept you from going to like LA and just like giving it a shot? Um, money for sure. Money. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I don't know. Like it was, it felt so unattainable. And also like, that just wasn't, I don't know. I don't, that's, that's what funny. I'm saying. I didn't have the foresight that I think I have obviously now to be like, but obviously dude, like dude, we were, I remember when I left music bed at like whatever, 25, 24, 25, I, we were like about to move to New York or something like that. Yeah. We were, we were about to go do it. And, uh, just decided not to decided to just save some money. Keep, just keep grinding it out wherever we were. Yeah. I mean, worth saying there's a billion ways to go about it. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, There's no one path. Uh, but I think that there are some kind of like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to try to like make some sweeping blanket statement. This is just from our experience, but, um, okay. So, so zooming out a bit, there seems like there is some kind of like uh, directionless period of time where it's like, you just have to like make shit. And I would say within that also consuming a ton. Of yes. Yes. Um, Which I feel like, don't you feel like you did like that was kind of your life? Yes. To a degree? Yes. Like, I feel like that was the only reason that I was uh, like, even with music too, like that's the only reason I felt like I was ahead of anybody is because right. I had just seen so, so much more than everybody else. And again, that I, different, maybe for different people, but for me it was like, yeah, my brother was just around. And so whatever he was kind of like, looking at, I was like looking over his shoulder, you know, so it's yeah. like films and music or art or whatever else that I felt like I was exposed to at a time when it was like, uh, in, in a lot of, in some ways, like not ready for, <laughs> I remember watching Magnolia when yeah. I was like 13 <laughs> and I was like, what <laughs> is happening? Yeah. You know? Um, but that was an important part of the process for me. Yeah. It was just like exposure and like seeing things and, um, whatever. So, okay. Uh, so I feel like that kind of happens. And then there comes a moment when it's like, and I remember this moment for me, actually, um, when you make something and you're like, yeah. wait a second, this isn't awful. It's actually kind of hit. Yeah. This is not Do looking back at it now. It's kind of laughable, you know? Um, but I remember being in film school and this is hilarious. I was in my friend, uh, Stuart, um, I forget his last name, but Stuart in film school. And I was acting in one of his short films. I was playing a Mormon kid. Um, <laughs> but I kind of agreed to do it on the terms that I was like, Hey, at lunch today, I need to like swipe the camera and I have to shoot something with you for like an hour for this okay. digital cinematography project that I had. Um, so I was like, that's nice. I don't have to like rent anything. I can just like 
pick up the camera and like shoot something pretty quickly. Um, and this is like early, early on in like Vimeo world. I mean, I think like year one that Vimeo existed <clears throat> and I make this thing Dude, what's funny. I'll get to it in a second, but, um, it's like very overdramatic, kind of silly. Um, but it like looks great. Yeah. You know, I don't what know. What were you shooting on? Like, why, why Cine Alta. I was shooting on a Sony Cine Alta. Okay. Like old school. Um, it was like a legit HD. Um, I think it was to a tape, if I remember right. But um, great glass. I don't remember what it was, but like cinema glass. And I was like, oh my God. You know? Um, yeah. And I went back and edited it. And... Dude, I almost like had this memory of editing it like on my laptop while I was there. Cause I remember I literally remember signing up for Vimeo and uploading it all at this guy's house. Wow. And I had speaking of music, I had been listening to this band called Balmeray. And I just used one of their songs and put it underneath. And um I was like, damn, this is kind of like coming to life, you know? And so I, um, <laughs> so weird, man. I, uh, I sent it to them. I sent it to the band and I was like, I don't know. Do you, what do you guys think? And, um, they're like, this is very cool. Um, and I was like, oh my God, they responded. And then, oh my God, they like <laughs> liked it, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, a little full circle thing. Like I've been friends with them for over a decade now. And I was in Marfa, Texas with them shooting a project that is seeing the trailer yeah. for last night. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I remember feeling like this is like what it feels like to make something. Hmm. How do I even describe it? Like maybe objectively kind of good. Yeah. You know? Um, and do the amount of like, uh, momentum that gave me, you know, it was like, I could not be stopped after that point. It was yeah. like, um, all I wanted to do was like have that feeling again over and over again. Yeah. Do you remember that for you? I do. I mean, the, I'm sure there was a couple of times for sure, but, um, the first thing that I can remember is, is uh, I was just starting to work at this church in Fort Worth. And I think we had, <clears throat> we had rented like a 5D and like a bunch of lenses, like a bunch of like PL lenses or something. Yeah. For a different project, like something, something else. And I like took the camera and I like convinced uh, my friend Blake to like, like, let's just go make something <clears throat> this weekend, you know, like, yeah. just let's just go shoot something. And his, I don't know why we ended up doing this, but we ended up going to his grandma's house because she's just like this cute old woman. And her husband had died like the previous year or something. And she's like lives in this house all alone in Fort Worth. Um, and same thing. Like I just kind of 
it was really quick. We just went for like a day and just like did an interview and like shot some. I think you remember this, stuff. dude. Yeah, it's a film called Mima. Yep. Um, yep. I remember this. And it felt like for some a lot of different reasons, but it was the first time that I like sort of made some creative decisions in pre like really spent time on like what do I, what can we like, how do I want to do this? You know, instead of like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like so much of the church world is like you show up and you're just reacting to shit going on <laughs> and then you figure it out later. Yeah. Um, but this was like, how do I want this to look? And I'm going to shoot it in this way. I remember I was, I was doing a bunch of like lens whacking too, where you'd like take the lens <laughs> yeah, off yeah. and you'd like hold it in front of the camera. Um, <laughs> Which actually looks and sick, we had honestly. yeah, <laughs> we had like rented like a little dolly and shit, and it was just like we were just kind of like doing something for fun, but also just kind of going for it. And like I think that was like the coolest thing for me at the time was like doing something that I normally wasn't allowed to do because of right. time or right, because of right. cost or whatever. Yeah. Um. So we make this thing, and then I I edit it together. And it had like I don't I don't remember if it had like any purpose or anything, but just people started watching it, yeah. like in the in the office or whatever, and people would just lose it, bro. People would just like like just the way that she talked and the way that it was edited, and I I used uh, like a piano version of "Where Is My Mind" by the Pixies. Nice. Like, in nice. a in a church like uh, situation, which was like very cool for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and then I think you know the lead pastor or whatever just like sees it at one point and it's like we have to show this this weekend. Like, can you what send it to so and so? And they sh- and at the time I think it w- they were they were doing like five services or something. Yeah, it was a super small church, but it was really packed. And there's probably like 5,000 people going. But, dude, I just went to every single service and just watched the film, like, with each service. And, um, yeah, it was kind of like a weird sort of, like, visceral moment where, like, I could see that every, like, there was, and this isn't really, like, being exaggerated, but I think if you saw the film in the context of like, she also like went to that church and stuff too. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she's like kind of like the pillar in, in the, sure. in the community. And, but I remember just watching the film and every single service, like every person was just like bawling their eyes out. <laughs> like it was a weird experience to be like, it was the first time that I think I had done something that was like, um, like really hit on like a, it like satisfied me on like a creative level. Yeah. But it also like hit on this weird emotional level for like every single person that watched it. Yeah. Um, but like, like you just said, like it made me so like, let's, this is what we need to be doing. Like this kind of shit, you know? Okay. I think what we should do is we should press pause for now. Uh, this is good for today. But tomorrow, let's kind of continue and keep digging into um, kind of transitioning from like, okay, maybe I can do this for a living. Maybe yeah. there's like 
some potential here to like making a career out of it. And uh, some of the things that some decisions maybe that we made that have paid off other ones that we wish we would have known better at the time from our experience now. Um, so maybe let's do that tomorrow, but leave this for today and, and kind of continue on. This season of good is sponsored by good treatments. Good treatments is a highly curated shop of pre-made treatment designs for commercials, music videos, features, and branded content. We've all spent sleepless nights writing our treatments only to have to start from scratch on the design. With good treatments, you have the look of a custom design without the cost or time. With drag-and-drop tools, you simply replace your images, copy and paste your text, and you're good to go. For our good listeners, we're giving away a coupon code for 20% off your next purchase. Simply use code GOOD20 at checkout. See all the treatment designs at goodtreatments.space.